Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Parish in Concord. We have gathered this morning to commemorate the Transylvanian Thanksgiving service that our partner church in Seke Kerastur uh, celebrated earlier today. We're thinking of all of them today as we gather. You will see some familiar faces and hear some familiar music as we explore further uh, our Unitarian roots uh, this morning focusing on Transylvania. I'm Reverend Howard Dana and I want to welcome all of you to church this morning. Whether you have gathered in or near Concord or from far and wide, we are glad that you have joined us this morning. It is good to be worshiping with one another. Of course, many of us know that there is a protest that's supposed to be happening outside of our church this morning. I'll give you a little bit of an update. Things are very quiet here, which is a good thing. And um, I think there are about four or maybe five protesters who have showed up. There's a nice gathering of Concord Indivisible over at Monument Square, looking to be about 100 folks. And um, so far, it's pretty quiet. We'll see how the hour progresses. But uh, this protest should not take us away from this deep, meaningful hour of ours, this time to be together as a congregation and to worship together. It's our custom to say hello to everybody who's here, so we'll go into gallery view and I'll call on folks to say hello. Lily Vanderzanin is running tech this morning. Good morning, Lily. Good morning, everyone. Great to be here. And Reverend Liz Weber is here. Good morning, everybody. I am back in Concord, but in quarantine, so you've got my nice, boring background for a week, but it's good to see you. And Don Van Patten is here. Good morning, everyone. Really good to be here with you. And the Reverend Amy Friedman. Good morning. I want to thank uh, Adrian, especially for our family service this morning. If you didn't have a chance to see it yet, it's recorded and you'll learn more about you, you, the vote. Woohoo! Beth Norton's here. Yora Gelt Minden Kinek, Esh Kelemesh, Usi Haladash. Good morning, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. And Adrian Betancourt is here. Shout out to all of you supporting Black Lives Matters. And our ministerial intern, Jade Sylvan. Hi, everyone from Cambridge. Happy Thanksgiving. And Eric Heineke, those were wonderful pieces to start with. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be with you all. Happy Thanksgiving to our friends in Transylvania. And you'll see them in just a minute as they light the chalice, but Lillian Anderson is here and Tim Whitney, and you can tell they're outside and masked. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning We're happy to be with you. We're happy to be here. Glad you all have joined us. Welcome to church this morning. Our call to worship this morning comes from the great uh, Transylvanian theologian and minister Francis David. He says, in this world, there have always been many opinions about faith and salvation. You need not think alike to love alike. There must be knowledge in faith also. Sanctified reason is the lantern of faith. Let us worship together. And now here are Tim and Lillian to light our chalice and our partnership candle. And Lillian, you'll want to unmute yourself.
Thank you, Tim. Welcome on behalf of the Partner Congregation Committee. We light this chalice. We hope. Okay, we're gonna try this again. And our partnership candle. As a way of holding together our lives that are separated by time and space. Since our inception in 1993, we have worked together to create and sustain a vibrant partnership with a congregation in Seki Karastur, Transylvania, involving literally hundreds of people traveling, sponsoring students, and sharing great moments of joy and sadness, always together. Today, our tradition continues because of the dedication of both congregations to deepen our circles of mutual trust and understanding of what it means to be Unitarians across continents, languages, and cultures. Today, as we recall our historic Unitarian roots in Transylvania, we also share in the traditional celebration of Thanksgiving in Transylvania. In our present moment, our isolation gives us a rare opportunity to connect our past and present by worshiping together. We do not know what the future will bring, but we do know that the lives of our partners in Seke Karastur are woven into the lives of our first parish community. We are ever mindful of the common threads that bind us closely together. We honor the past and the people who have helped to create this partnership. And we welcome the present moment of sharing together and we renew our dedication to sustain and deepen our relationship. Thank you, Lillian and Tim. Let us now join in our usual chalice lighting words. O flame of our faith, open our box. Hang on, this, this is how you know it's live. Uh, we'll back up here. O flame of our faith, open our hearts and fill our bodies and souls with persistent strength. Enliven our spirits and engage us deeply in this life of ours, this sacred essential moment now. Let us sing together. Good morning. I hope you'll join me now in this song of thanksgiving that we often sing when we are gathered together for a meal. Oh, we give thanks. We'll sing it in call and response fashion. I'll sing a line to you. You sing it back to me. and I will know that we are singing this together. Here we go. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day, for all gathered here and those far away, for this time we share with love and care. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day. Oh, we give thanks.
thanks for this precious day. We're all gathered here and those far away for a harvest shared with love and care. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day. For all gathered here and those far away for this faith we share with love and care. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day, for this precious day, for this precious day. Today, I want to tell you a story. And although it is an incredible story, it is absolutely true. Once, not that long ago, and yet seemingly lifetimes away, our congregation, members of our congregation set out on a family pilgrimage to Seke Kerestur. And I was fortunate to be among them. My daughter was a part of the pilgrimage as well as my dear colleagues, Howard, Beth, and Dawn. And we actually met on Sundays in the Emerson room for a whole year. And together we learned about customs and we tried our best to sing and to speak in Hungarian. And then in April of 2018, we set out on our adventure. There were about 25 of us of all ages and we left cold New England, and we arrived to a beautiful Transylvanian spring, full of bright colors and blossoming trees and flowers and dappled sunshine. And not only that, we had the most incredible experiences together. We climbed all the way up wooden ladders to the top of an old Unitarian fortress up to the lookout. We went down into the depths of a salt mine. Then we visited all kinds of Unitarian churches and even the Unitarian high school. We were serenaded as special guests and we were welcomed as family friends. And I am not exaggerating. This is actually how it was. And I want to show you a few photos from that time. So on Sunday, Dawn and I were fortunate enough to go to visit their Sunday school. And we met with the teachers and the young children. We brought with us greetings from you, children of First Parish in Concord, 
that if you look, those, those um, papers that are hanging on clotheslines were greetings from you, greetings of peace and love and hopeful messages to connect our two congregations. In Seki Karastur, the children, like, like our children, have a special children's message time. But differently, they meet in church long before the service starts, just them and the ministers. They asked me if I would be willing to offer a children's message. And at that time, it actually was their Mother's Day. And so I decided to offer the story, Are You My Mother? Do you remember that book? It's the one where the little, little, little bird hatches from a nest and then goes off in search for his mother. So here I am telling this story. And you know me, I like to act things out. And so as I was acting out the different characters, I would say a line or two. And my Hungarian is very, very basic. And so, of course, I asked our friend and colleague, the minister, Chaba Todor, if he would translate for me. So here I am saying a line or two. And then Chaba, to our absolute delight, would go on for what seemed like paragraphs of Hungarian. And not only that, he added his own acting to it. He really got into all of the characters and he did his own gestures. And as you can imagine, it was an absolute delight, not just for me, but for all the children and all the adults who were gathered together. On this Transylvanian Thanksgiving, I give thanks for the depth of our spiritual connection, for our enduring friendship, and at a challenging time for both of our countries and our world, I want to offer a sincere prayer for continued health, the blessings of community and peace. And please know that we are together always, even when we are physically apart. We have some delightful things to share in our service this morning. And one of them is a piece of music that was sent to us from Seiki Karastur. As you may know, Eva Todor, who's Chaba's wife, is also the director of music of their congregation. And so she sent along this piece of music in which she plays with her daughter, Esther, who is a very talented musician and has come to visit us as well in Concord and we will listen to them now.
And Chava Todor, the minister of our partner church, was kind enough to send us greetings on this day. So here's a recording of Chava recorded earlier this week. Good morning. It is great to be able to greet you at your uh, Thanksgiving service in Concord Unitarian Universalist Congregation at this day, on this day of Thanksgiving, which I have heard that you put the emphasis on the connection with Kerestur and you are organizing a Transylvanian kind of Thanksgiving, remembering our long-lasting relationship between the two congregations. This is a time of hard thinking and challenges for both on both sides of the Atlantic. And earlier on today we have our we had our own Thanksgiving, which is a long-lasting old celebration, communion celebration, which goes back to the second part of the 18th century as the church celebrates the, the fall Thanksgiving since 1794. Today the presence in Kerestu was lower than usual because of, because of the pandemic, but nevertheless it is good to be with you and to be able to transmit the message and to greet the congregation from Transylvania. It is the time of great challenges when we have to gather our strengths and hopes to survive this pandemic uh, within the congregation and within the families. We use, as never before, more and more not losing the connections and to be able to stay in touch with you. We need the connections, we need the origins, we need the tradition and this may give a background to stand on and to enrich our partnership and connections. God bless you and have a wonderful Thanksgiving and thank you for being together. It's great to see Chaba and to see Ava and Esther, uh, these faces that we know so well and to hear their voices. I'm so thankful for technology in these days that allow us to actually see the people that we love so much. So I wanna talk a little bit this morning about Transylvanian Unitarianism. We're doing a whole UU Roots year and September uh, has focused on our Unitarian roots. And we started off at the Council of Nicaea, and then we jumped to Poland uh, last week. And the next logical chapter in this story happens in Transylvania. And so uh, this background and this history is all part of what makes our connection and our relationship with folks who live in a very different culture than ours and who have a very different set of uh, circumstances or even challenges that we do than we do. 
it's the history and the, and the tradition that allows those deep, deep partnerships to happen. So I want to go back, uh, those of you who will remember your, your Protestant Reformation history, uh, we know that in 1517, Luther kicked the whole thing off, and very soon after that, John Calvin gets in the game, and they're two of the major uh, reformers who are uh, looking at the Catholic Church and looking at Christianity quite seriously and wanting to make some changes. Of course, Henry VIII gets in there, and then there's a, there's a whole slew of uh, lesser-known reformers from Sweden to Denmark, um, all across Europe, in Italy, and a variety of places. So it's good to remember that the Protestant Reformation was not happening just in one place or just by one person's thinking. It wasn't all Lutheranism. It wasn't all Calvinism. And in fact, there were many, many smaller groups that had their own ideas about what the, the Reformation should include. So one of the logical questions that came up at the Reformation to Luther and to Calvin and to some others, um, folks said, so you're doing this big Reformation. Why not get rid of the obviously strange thing that we've had all of these years? Why not question the Trinity? Because remember the reformers, all of them agreed that they were to go back to the Bible they were go, to go back to the teachings of Jesus, and that was where Protestantism was to draw its uh, knowledge from, and that's how people were to live their lives. So all throughout that time, there had been people who had questioned this interesting combination, a God that's three in one, a trinity involving God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it was a good question to ask at that time. The trouble is the major reformers were not particularly interested in answering it in a Unitarian fashion. Luther and Calvin and the others essentially thought that there was enough changes being made that they didn't really have to look at the Trinity and pull that apart. But some of our Unitarian ancestors thought it was important to keep that question alive. Michael Servetus was one of those folks, Faustus Sosinus in Poland, as we heard last week, and Francis David in Transylvania. So what's going on in Transylvania in the late 1500s is that you've got a liberal king who's convinced by Francis David that Unitarianism is the right theological path. And in 1571, the Edict of Torda allows for religious freedom among four different religious groups. So the Catholics, the Lutherans, the Calvinists, and the Unitarians could all have religious freedom in Transylvania. And this was something that was really radical and really new. Uh, the world hadn't really known religious freedom up to that point. And it was rare, the towns and the cities or the regions where you would find religious groups living peaceably. Well, by 1660, we know that the Sassinians were forced to flee Poland or to become Catholic again. Some of them did flee to Transylvania and helped influence the Transylvanian Unitarian Church. And sometimes when we're planning a trip over there or they're coming here, there's an odd little conversation that happens ever so gently about theology. And sometimes we think that we're going to go over there and what we're going to see are just UUs who might have really old churches, um, but they're really theologically the same as us. 
Or sometimes the other happens when folks come over and they realize that, oh, American Unitarian Universalism is not exactly like what they experience in their home churches in Transylvania. So I want to spend just a moment or two here talking about Unitarian Christianity in Transylvania, because all of our partners over there, all of the churches would consider themselves Christian churches. In fact, Unitarian, just like it was forced on us in North America, was forced on them uh, as a description that other people had chosen for them. They would all just say that they were Christians and that was the end of it. But there are some important distinctions and there's some reasons that the Unitarian Christians really are our brothers and sisters. They really do have the same theological grounding that we have. And so a couple of things that are important to know about the Transylvanian Christians. They don't believe in the Trinity. They believe God is one. In fact, uh, a very frequent greeting when Unitarian members meet each other on the sidewalk is to say, as es Ishten which is God is one. So that's how they would say good morning or good afternoon, and it's really lovely. So what about Jesus? Well, Jesus is really important. Let's not forget that, really important. But he's seen as a redeemer because of how he lived and what he taught. And the way to be a Christian is to emulate his words and his deeds. In the Transylvanian churches, they do celebrate communion four times a year. They serve it at Thanksgiving, which is today. They also serve it at Christmas, at Pentecost, uh, just after the new year, and also at Easter. And their communion service is a very intimate, beautiful thing that binds the community together. The bread and the wine are purely symbolic. And what usually happens is that everyone in the church will stand in a circle and the minister will come from person to person to person and look them directly in the eye and offer them the bread and the cup. And that is the way that they celebrate communion. And so it's a deeply intimate ritual and something that uh, they look forward to all year long. So, just as there are Unitarian Universalist Christians all over the world, there are also a bunch of us who aren't particularly Christian or who might have a different, uh, politi uh, different political, uh, the, the, look at where I was going, a different religious perspective. Some of us might be more interested in Judaism or Buddhism or paganism. There's lots of us that are atheists and agnostics. So what do we do when we meet together with these folks who are very much like us in how they view the world, how they view religion and how they approach it, but might be slightly different than how we do. Well, we just approach one another with an open mind and with smiles and with songs. And in my trips over there and in hosting Transylvanians over here, what I have discovered is that they are curious about us and we are curious about them and that there is absolutely no reason to even be frightened at all about what the other people believe. That because we are religious minorities and because we believe so deeply that revelation is not sealed and that religion evolves over time, those are the grounds that we meet on.
The other thing to know about our Transylvanian brothers and sisters is that as a religious minority, they have been greatly persecuted from day one. They have never had it easy over there. Those few short years that King John Sigismund, the, uni the only Unitarian king was in power, were over pretty quickly. And the repression happened throughout the Protestant Reformation. It certainly happened uh, throughout being part of various empires that fought over Transylvania. It happened during communism and it happened, uh, happens up until this day. So it is not easy to be a Unitarian in Transylvania, just as sometimes it's not easy to be a Unitarian in the United States. And so what I wanna leave you with is the assurance that we need one another. We need our partner church. We need to know those people. We need to love them. We need to care about them. We need to see them and to hear them. And they need all of those things from us just as much. This partnership is a beautiful thing. It is absolutely mutual. And I hope it lasts many, many, many years. Thinking of our Transylvanian brothers and sisters this morning, we pray for them as they pray for us. And together, across time and across technology, we go forward as one. So be it. Amen. Thank you, Howard. Back in 2002, the first time the choir went over to Transylvania and to Seke Kerestur, um, I set a, a text, a blessing called the Hazi Aldash or the Seke Aldash um, in English and Hungarian. And it's really, it was to express the the way we are bound together, combined together as, as partners musically. And this September, our choir has been working on a virtual recording of, of this. And we are very pleased to offer it to you today and with love to both First Parish in Concord and to the Unitarians of Seke Kerestur. Oh, no. 
Beautiful. Each week we gather from around our town and around our world and we feel our connections with each other as a community of First Parish and the wider community of Unitarian Universalists, the wider community of Unitarians and Universalists and Unitarian Universalists, and the widest community of all, our shared humanity. When we gather, we lift up the prayers and the cares that are on our hearts, especially things that are happening in your lives that you would like your community to know about. This week, Sue Dobie shares that she recently fell and hurt her back. Thankfully, she did not break any bones, but this is a, on top of a month of challenges. Our prayers are with the family as the boys adjust to online school, as Sue begins to heal, and as they navigate all of the challenges they're facing together. Sue requests no calls or visits, but she has reopened her Caring Bridge site to share updates and to ask for support. Lorley Harding shares that her dad, James Sutton Hardig, passed away on Thursday, September 17th at age 97. He was a loving, patient, and brilliant man. And so our prayers are with Lorley and her family. Kay Harvey and her daughters share that they greatly appreciate the support and the outpouring of love from the First Parish community. Although Kay's capacity has significantly diminished, she loves the cards that you all are sending. Thank you. We also share in our wider world this week, Elandria Williams died. Elandria was one of the most recent moderators of our Unitarian Universalist Association. And he was also a very widely respected community organizer, facilitator, teacher, and leader. He worked with communities who uh, were poor, black folks and white folks, bringing them together, working out of the Highlander Center of Civil Rights fame, and with newer organizations like People's Hub and with disability communities. So our prayers are with Alandria, with Alandria's family, and with all in our wider association who are grieving ease passing. I know that there are names that you are carrying on your heart and I invite you to either say them aloud now or to type them into the chat so that we all can hold one another and hold our community in prayer and in care. And let us sing together.
on our hearts today for all who are grieving and all who are facing heightened challenges in these days. We lift them up for Black lives, for our democracy, for justice and liberation. And we lift them up for our roots and our partnership in thanksgiving with our fellow Unitarians in Seke Karastor. Will you join me in lifting up these cares and in this prayer for our shared faith that was written by myself and by Zita Magyari, who is a very recent new seminary grad from Transylvania. Dear God, thank you for the gift of our faith. We have come together as many hearts and are learning the power of beating together. For this heartbeat, for this love, for this community, for your presence, we give thanks. Thank you for teaching us to help each other as we go on our own ways to live our own reunion. May our collective heartbeats continue to guide us on our value-creating ways. It is a real joy that we can learn from time to time that we have to be open to changes, that we always have to keep going to search and to share our truths. May our collective heartbeats, our common works, help us to find our own missions. Thank you that we can be Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists. Thank you that we can learn together what it means. May we together as your children all try to build a better world with our sacred values. 
to work on our common dreams, to side with love. Please help us to do this work. And until we meet again, carry us in your arms. Amen. These past 10 days, so many in our congregation have called for courageous action in defense of black lives. So you will be thrilled to know that in October and into November, our church is participating in a brand new UU National Coalition to defend Black Lives Matter, our UU justice causes, and our very democracy. This is an unprecedented, strategic, effective, and comprehensive opportunity for action at a scale never before seen in UU history. So please let our church know that, of course, you are participating. Read the outline of the UUA plan and sign the online pledge to action today. And now, Alice Kaufman, will inspire us with the message she wrote on behalf of our Share the Plate recipient, Black Ballot Power. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. Good morning, all. I am so happy to be here today to say a few words about Horace Small and his Black Ballot Power initiative. This has been a year like no other, I'm sure you'll agree. And amidst all the challenges of the year, we have the greatest risk to American democracy of our time. This is not a year to sit it out. Join Black Ballot Power's challenge for 100% voter turnout from faith communities. Horace has made community organizing his life work. He's the founder of the Union of Minority Neighborhoods that trains young leaders in communities of color to be active participants in democracy. And his Black Ballot Project is working to ensure that every black and brown citizen in our country exercises their right to vote. Horace and I go way back, 
almost 35 years. He's been a true friend to Michael and me and a mentor to our kids. When our daughter, Emily McAteer, was in high school, she met a refugee from Sudan and learned about modern day slavery. Horace helped her turn her outrage into action that resulted in the Massachusetts legislature affirming her resolution to end slavery. And she organized an anti-slavery march from the front steps right here at First Parish to the North Bridge with the First Parish youth group and students from across Concord joining in. If you're looking for ways to turn your outrage into action, you might consider being a ballot counter here or elsewhere. Call the town clerk or a city clerk to find out how you can do that. I just did it for the, pri the state primary and can attest to how much work it is and the number of volunteers it takes to ensure that every mail-in ballot is counted. You could also join the final push with one of the many organizations Horace has been working with to get out the vote, like UU the Vote, the ACLU, morethanavote.org, or Lawyers for Good Government. Thank you for your generous support of Horace and his continual work to empower communities of color to take their place in democracy and to have a seat at the table of social justice and social change. Thank you, Alice. And we are sharing our plate in the month of September with Black Ballot Power. So very soon, uh, a, a number will appear on the screen and go into the text. You can just text that number, uh, just text our nice round number to it, a two zero or a four zero or one zero zero and know that half of that will go to First Parish in Concord and the other half will go to Black Ballot Power. An offering for the good work and witness of these two good organizations will now be gratefully received.
And now Kathy Spang is here to tell us about the Transylvanian Scholarship Program. Kathy? You'll have to unmute, Kathy. That's how you know it's live. Hello. I'm a member of the Partner Congregation Committee and co-chair of our Transylvanian Scholarship Program. This scholarship program was started back in 1996 by Ivan and Ursula Christoffi. Our scholarships make high school possible for needy students by offsetting a portion of their room and board expenses at the Berg de Moses Hungarian Unitarian High School's dormitory in Sekeikeresztur. That donation makes it possible for many rural Hungarian minority students to receive a highly valued liberal Hungarian education, break the Romanian government's cycle of oppression of the Hungarian Unitarian minority, and preserve their threatened Hungarian heritage. As of this year, 235 students have benefited from our program over the years. We have learned this week that the Unitarian School in Sekai Kerastur has opened this school year with many precautions and safety rules in place and their dormitory is open to students who live too far to commute. First Parish scholarship donors agreed to provide a scholarship of $400 for each of the four years of high school. Many donors continue to support students if they go on to college, currently at the level of 600 per year. If you are already a donor of a scholarship, thank you, and we will be in touch with you by email. By October, we will get a list of perhaps eight to 10 freshmen who will be eligible for a scholarship, and we hope that families at First Parish will donate scholarships to these new students. Please contact me if you would like to sponsor a freshman. My email will be in the chat, and you can read more details about the program in the First Parish weekly email. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. This is an important program that the church has done and it has helped so many people. It's unbelievable what just a little bit of money on our side can do over there. As we begin to close our service, I would like to invite you to come to a couple of different off offerings if you are interested. The Worship Sharing Circle will be meeting uh, from now, from the end of the service until 11.30. So if you'd like to talk a little bit more about the themes of today's service, you can jump to that link when it appears in the chat. And now Laurel Doggett is here from our standing committee to say hello and to tell you about the online coffee hour. Laurel? Good morning and welcome everyone. It's so nice to see you. Um, I am new to the standing committee and delighted to be here and to welcome you to our virtual coffee hour. You will eventually see a link in the chat and just click on that link and it'll pop you right over uh, for us to chat. This is a perfect opportunity if you're an introvert and you don't like big social gatherings, we will put you into a small group setting and uh, you can meet some fellow congregants. If you are an extrovert, this is a great opportunity for you to connect with others and we really wanna see you and help build this online virtual coffee hour. So again, look for the link in the chat. I went to my first coffee hour, I confess, last Sunday, and it was super fun. So I really encourage you to click the link and join me in a few minutes. Thank you, Howard. 
Thank you, Laurel. There's just a few other things. Uh, please pay attention to your FP weekly and check your spam filter if it's going in there. That's your best source of information, that and the website. Um, there are uh, some guidance on how we have opened up the First Parish Meeting House and the grounds some. So there's opportunities to meet in small groups outside and to use the church office if you'd like between 11 and 2 p.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. The sanctuary is open for individual prayer and meditation those same times. There are a couple of learning opportunities that are starting. I'm starting uh, Bible as Story class uh, this coming Thursday, October 1st. And Jade is starting a class, I think, in just a week. So look at FP Weekly for those links. We'd love to see you at those classes. There is the family worship service every Sunday morning from 9.30 to 9.50. So uh, it's there for young and old. And you can watch it and have plenty of time. Ten minutes is plenty of time to get to church on Zoom. And I think that that is about it as far as announcements go. Um, let us sing our closing hymn together.
On this Transylvanian Thanksgiving Day, we give thanks for our partnership. We give thanks for the many friends that we have there and around the world. We give thanks for the opportunity to believe what we believe and to practice our faith in the way that we want to practice it. May we ever be thankful for all of these things, and may we work to ensure that they do not fade, and in fact, that they are strengthened and that religious liberty and religious tolerance are the future of our world. Let us join in our benediction saying, go out into the world in peace, have courage, hold on to what is good, return to no person evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all beings. Oh.